All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. All right. Let's see what tonight's curfew time is. Meet David George. He's a dad, and his daughter, as you can hear, she's learning the piano. But he's talking about his own bedtime here. The kids just had dinner. Well, let's see. Ten nineteen. Not bad. All right, let's see how it goes. David's curfew is set by an algorithm. Okay. It's nine seventeen. And the kids are actually asleep. So looks like I have one hour and two minutes. Let's play some StarCraft. Because David has a problem. He's addicted to his computer. No, I mean like really addicted, especially video games, especially at night. And he was kind enough to record one of his nightly binges for your listening pleasure. The thing is, I haven't won a single game yet tonight, and I would like to finish the evening on an up note. So I'm just going to play one more time, and hopefully this one I'm going to win. Game started now. This is New Tech City from WNYC, the show about how technology is changing the way we live. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and we are talking about tech addiction this week, about how the lure of our computers and our phones and our friends on the other side of that chat app are pulling us too far, wasting too many hours, particularly at night. 1.30, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, it's one. this is ridiculous. It's 1.30. I have to go to bed. I'll just play one more game. And I go play again. And then it's 2 o'clock. It's like, well, at this point, I'm going to be exhausted tomorrow no matter what. So I might as well play again. You'll hear how that video game addict David George hacked his own computer as a form of rehab. And how teens are obsessing with their small screens even in the wee hours of the morning. What are they looking for? I'll wake up in the middle of the night around 3 and I'll go on Instagram or Facebook and I'll just see like, oh, double tap if you're up or like my status if you're up. Like who wants to talk? Plus, remember that sleep project I told you about a couple weeks ago? Well, some WNYC listeners and I banned any screen time one hour before sleep and we kicked our phones out of the bedrooms to see if we would sleep better. I've got an update on that. I was bringing my iPod and my laptop to bed with me. It was just getting progressively worse. There's a lot of anxiety going on in this tech addiction show, just the way I like it. <sighs> I'll get ready for bed. Let's get to know David George a little better. J-O-E-R-G. David George is a father of two. He's a software developer in finance. Who stays up too late. 
who stays up too late. So I stay up too late. I've been doing it for a long time. David has two little girls. And lately, after the kids would go to bed... And I'd finally have time to do what I want to do. And usually, past few years, that's been video games. Like, a lot of video games. For a while, it was World of Warcraft long ago until I quit that cold turkey. Warcraft 3, Starcraft war strategy games, trying to beat them. And if he wasn't doing that, he was reading online. Interesting stuff. Hacker news, slash dot dig, stuff for nerds. And he'd stay up late. Really late. Never wanted to go to sleep. Never wanted to go to sleep. But now that I'm a grown-up, I can finally live the dream. And this is embarrassing to talk about. Sometimes I get a tub of Nutella, some crackers, maybe a bottle of port. Sometimes one of the three, sometimes all three. Get the video game fired up, and now it's time to party. Okay, David, we know you stay up late, but how late? Well, so I I haven't answered your question yet because the answer is so embarrassing. Half past midnight, still playing games. Or I'd say, I I haven't won a game yet. Like, I can't go to sleep until I've at least won one game. But it wouldn't stop there. Technology was making him insane. 1.30, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, oh, it's one. this is ridiculous. It's 1.30, I have to go to bed. I'll just play one more game. And I go play again. And then it's 2 o'clock. It's like, well, at this point, I'm going to be exhausted tomorrow no matter what. So I might as well play again. I'm going to be tired. Why not play again? Finally, 3 a.m., he goes to bed and has to wake up with the kids around 6.30 a.m. There are some people who only need that much sleep, but I'm not one of those people. So I would just be destroyed the next day and just limping through like a zombie. So this had been going on for a few years, and David had tried to put an end to it by using technology, fighting fire with fire. I tried a bunch of different things. I tried having a calendar reminder on my calendar every night at 10 p.m. was some appointment that said, go to bed. Seriously, go to bed. And I tried to have different rules with myself. Like, if I'm going to stay up, then at least I have to write why so I can then look back at all my stupid previous excuses and how lame they were. Or tried to introduce a bedtime routine where at a certain time I would walk away from the computer and read a book, write a list of the things I wanted to do the next day. I got a sleep tracker nine months ago, and I wore it. I was psyched to track my sleep. They all worked for about two weeks. And then David would relapse. Finally, in February, after a particularly bad night, David knew it was time for drastic action. As a software developer, he knew he needed to create a system. A system that would beat me, the late-night me who just wants to stay up late for no good reason. He was already tracking his sleep with that wrist monitor. And there's a bunch of good sleep trackers. This one I like because it also looks sexy. I look cool in it. So he linked that sleep tracker to his computer, and then he decided to give himself a curfew. He set the computer so that it would shut him out around 10 p.m. Once we hit curfew time, my computer browsers get killed and my video games get killed. If I try to start them up again, they get killed. There's a program running on my computer that once a minute just kills whatever browsers or video games are running on my machine from from curfew time until 6 the next morning. That's part one. Part two is... I don't have administrator access on my computer anymore. So I took away I'm it's it's I no longer have the root password to my computer. If I had the root password then I could just override the system. Instead of saving the password somewhere electronically, and this is so crazy, David came up with a ridiculously long password and he wrote it down on five pieces of paper. Five copies, cut them up with scissors and took the five copies and put them in places 
that I knew I would not be able to easily get to at night. Like in his daughter's piggy bank. Another copy is in my other daughter's piggy bank. He also put one in his wife's nightstand. She's a pretty light sleeper, so if I try to sneak over to the nightstand to get it, she's going to jump up and slap me on that wrist, and that'll be game over. Another copy is in the cellar. Because if he went all the way down to the cellar... That's a long enough trip that I'm going to come to my senses. By the time I'm down there, I'm going to say, ah, forget it. I'm just going to go to sleep. And there's another copy of the password at work. I don't expect that this is exactly the system is going to work for anybody else. Everyone has different problems and everyone has different situations. David's goal is to get seven and a half hours of sleep every night. But rather than set himself a rigid bedtime, you know, because that would be totally normal. Is 10 the right time? 9.30? 10.30? 11? I don't know. Okay, here comes the cool geeked out part. David's system sets itself based on how much sleep he's been getting. Lately... I've been getting less than seven and a half hours of sleep. Then each day the curfew gets a little bit earlier. Until he's back on target. So, for example... Last night's curfew was 11 minutes after 10 o'clock. But last night was a really good sleep night. I got eight hours and 16 minutes of sleep. And so tonight's curfew is going to be later. So his reward is to get to go to bed a little bit later. It's definitely a reward. And I can do more of whatever I want. And David says he was able to turn this corner by treating his sleep problem just as seriously as he would a work problem. And treating my nighttime self as an enemy that needed to be defeated. And once I got serious about it, then I was like, oh, well, this actually isn't too hard to solve. And you will not believe who David credits with giving him some inspiration. Part of the inspiration was uh, Odysseus and the Sirens. And uh, if you know that story, but... We'll save that for another time. It sounds like good bedtime reading. Thanks, David. Now, here's some more good news. If you want to try out David George's Get to Sleep, You Idiot software, we can hook you up. David says he wants to share his hack with people who also have sleep demons. Just go to newtechcity.org. We have a link to David's site. In a minute, teens tell us what's keeping them up and why they can't stop. It's like the lights could be completely off and all you just see is like a bright light on her face and like her eyes wide like she's some kind of Looney Tune. New Tech City is supported by Hover, helping you get the best domain names to represent you or your business. If you want to get your ideas on the internet, Hover will help you find the right domain name and include all the tools and support you need to manage it. For 10% off your first purchase, go to hover.com and type in the promo code BALANCE. LegalZoom. If you've been thinking about starting your own business, LegalZoom can help you do it. Learn more about DBAs, LLCs, incorporation, trademarks, and other ways to protect your business and assets at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom provides self-help services and can connect you with an attorney, but they're not a law firm. Enter technology in the referral box at checkout for a special discount for New Tech City listeners. It's New Tech City from WNYC. We're back. I'm Manoush Zamarodi, and we're talking about tech addiction. And one of the things it most messes with, your sleep. It's bad for a lot of us, but it's even worse for the kids. The average teenager, for example, should be getting two more hours of sleep a night than they actually do. And yeah, I know teens have always stayed up late. But listen to this story from Timoteo Fagbenle. 
She's 18 and one of the extremely talented young reporters in WNYC's Radio Rookies program. It used to be that young people would have sleepovers on the weekends. And of course, they wouldn't really sleep. They'd stay up all night talking. But now it's like unlimited sleepovers, seven days a week in our own bedrooms. I'll wake up in the middle of the night around three. And I'll go on Instagram or Facebook and I'll just see, like, oh, double tap if you're up or like my status if you're up. Like, who wants to talk? So it's almost like a constant communication. Yeah, it's like people just never, ever sleep. I guess with social media, you want to seem as cool as possible. So you will post something at 2 in the morning to just be like, oh, I'm part of this cool kid group. My friends and I see the same thing down our news feeds. Posts about breaking night also known as not sleeping at all, and vamping. Can you explain a little bit about vamping? trend that uh, young people have these days where they stay up all night and they believe they're vampires. So it is now 11.30 p.m. On a normal night, I stay up for a while on Facebook or Instagram. I just hit up my friend Kimberly, yo, but uh, she's uh, either ignoring me or hasn't seen it. Once in a while, I'll talk on the phone. Hey, what's up, Spencer? Yo, you know I've been watching Archer? Yeah, I saw all the episodes. Yo, no, he's just like you, on the low. And then after that, I'll just binge watch shows on Netflix. What are you, just hitting random keys? Well, obviously. If we have to get up for school or work, my friends and I usually sleep anywhere from four to seven hours a night. Teenagers should get at least nine hours of sleep. My friends all say their sleep problems began when something started stressing them out. That's what happened to Dylan. Like, when did that start? I started having girlfriends. (laughs) Are you serious? I'm so serious. It's because, like I said, I would be on my phone and I would just be thinking and, oh, worried about mad different bullshit that I shouldn't be worried about instead of just trying to sleep. My friend Jordan started not being able to sleep when she was applying to college. How does that affect your performance in school? I don't think it really affects my performance at all, really. I'm just tired, but it's not like I'm going to fall asleep in the middle of the class. Yes, you do. I take naps in the middle of the class if I'm done with everything. Did you ever feel sort of down or did you have any anxiety when you didn't get enough sleep? I was just really feisty. And then I felt like my feistiness was making people around me angry. So then I was like kind of nervous. I was like, oh, I'm being feisty. Then they're not going to want to be my friends anymore. Then I'm not going to have friends. And I'm going to have to live alone with like 10 million cats. Like that's what I would think about all the time. So anxiety. Yeah. And when teenagers get anxious, we use our phones as a distraction. They keep us up. We don't sleep. And then we become even more stressed. It's a tiresome loop. Dylan says when he's sleep-deprived, he hates everything because he's so tired. But the week his phone was broken... Since there was really nothing to do, I would just get home and go straight to sleep or, like, draw. But drawing doesn't really keep me up as much as my phone, you know? Actually, it's literally the screen, like, the light. Like, that keeps me up. I don't know about child, but, like... Oh, it's like a proven thing that, like, the blue light that emits from yeah. the screens, it tricks your mind into, like, thinking that it's daylight. Even though I know about blue light, I'm always on my phone at night, and I sleep with it under my pillow. 
My friend Ayana says our phones have become like an extension of us. She tried but failed to delete her nine-year-old sister's Instagram. One time I tried to delete it, she's like, no. It's like she lives to be on Instagram. So even at night, she's just staying on it just because? Yeah, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, like, walk into her room and I'll just see, like, the light shining on her face. Like, the lights could be completely off and all you just see is, like, a bright light on her face and, like, her eyes wide like she's some kind of Looney Tune. Iana says that during the day, her sister has bags under her eyes. And when she's tired, she acts like a little Godzilla. I feel like she's really just the beginning of a generation of young people so attached to their phones, they don't want to leave the cyber world, even to sleep. And then that becomes a habit you can't break. That was Temateo Fagbenle, and to hear more stories about life as a teenager told by teens themselves, go to RadioRookies.org. And now, the Great Sleep Data Project here at WNYC is over. Over 5,000 New Yorkers signed up to track their sleep habits. It even got me on the local NBC TV station. Manish Zamarodi hosts New Tech City on WNYC. She's also the mother of two. I am so grouchy when I haven't slept. My team was called the Digital Detoxers. And for two weeks, we banned all cell phones from the bedroom and stopped looking at any screens one hour before going to sleep. Here's me waking up after that first night of detox. And I'm not going to lie. It was not that easy last night. I kept reaching for my phone when I had an idea to jot it down or to check if my boss had responded to an email. But the phone wasn't there. About 300 people were on my team, and we were up against Team Vice, which banned drinking, smoking, and caffeine four hours before bed. And there was also Team Rock Your Routine. They had to go to sleep and wake up at exactly the same time every night. Guess what? We won! My team, all 300 of us together, we gained 1.1% more sleep. Before this challenge, I was bringing my iPod and my laptop to bed with me. It was just getting progressively worse. That's team member Marianne Allegro. Actually, a bunch of members got together midway through the challenge. They met up at a local bar to support each other in their mission to limit tech at night and get better sleep. The first day of this digital detox, you know, my phone was in the other room, and I got out of bed when I woke up, and I felt fabulous. I felt refreshed and awake and, and eager to greet the day and just ignored my phone. It was, it was great. Just telling yourself, you know, that can wait until the morning, you know. Write it down and try to remember to do it tomorrow. There's something about not having the the phone on your night table that really is significant but I feel like in life the biggest changes you make are really baby steps so even just being having an awareness of it is really good well I think we should keep the group going I think as long as people are into it and being supportive we should keep it going you just heard Jean Andrew, Liam Tomas O'Doherty, and Lori Marvald. A big thank you to them and all the members of Team Digital Detox. 
For me, the hardest part was moving my schedule around. As a working mom, I really try to be home for dinner and tuck in for my kids. And then I get back on the computer to do more work. And that wasn't possible with no screens an hour before bedtime. So I actually felt slightly more frantic. But I did decide that I loved that unplugged feeling for an hour before bedtime. It was really just sort of chill and quiet. And so I have resolved to do it three times a week. That I can manage. And that I think is necessary for my sanity. And hey, if you're a nutcase like David George and you have a story to tell about how tech is messing with you, hit us up with an email and you might just end up on the radio. Our email address is newtechcity at wnyc.org or I'm on Twitter at Manoush Z. Next week, just how human do we want to build our robots? You know, consciousness, we call it the C word. It's this thing that if you are a roboticist and you talk about consciousness, you're going to be fired. This is sort of a, a topic that is taboo in robotics. One man's dream to buck the system and teach a robot to be like a person, for better or worse. That's next week on New Tech City. Thank you so much for listening. Now put away your phone. I'm Anoush Samarodi. Oh, thank God. I won a game. I can end the evening happy now.